to the Splash Assess podcast. I'm your host, Amy Quinley. This is the unofficial Jeff Lewis Live After Show, Ooh, which we will recap in a second, but holy shit, you guys, you're never going to believe it. Okay, on that American Gladiator documentary on Netflix that I talked about yesterday. So at the end, everyone involved is saying what happened to their life after the show um, back in the 90s. And one of the gladiators, this guy named Laser, he was like, so I'm sitting at a bar in Corona Del Mar, a bar in Corona Del Mar um, called The Quiet Woman. Okay, we've heard of a place called The Quiet Woman in Corona Del Mar. He says, word for word, you have to remember, nothing good happens at The Quiet Woman. <gasps> what? You guys, he's talking about our quiet woman, our Bravo quiet woman, the, this is not my plate, quiet woman, where no one is there, where I mean, people are anything but quiet. Oh my gosh. There's so much Bravo history that has gone down in the quiet woman restaurant. And <laughs> for this gladiator to be on Netflix saying nothing good happens at the quiet woman. I was like, do, does your wife watch Bravo? Do you watch Bravo? Or is this just a fact? I don't know, but it was hilarious. And we love a Bravo reference in any documentary you want to throw our way. So one more thing about the doc, another guy they interviewed that was the reigning champ as a contestant along the way. It was her, his turn to say what he's been up to. Oh my God. He casually goes, yeah, so afterwards I started spending more time in Mexico, realized that you could get paid more for smuggling humans. So that's what I did for a while before I was caught and arrested. But in Mexican jail, they knew about the gladiators. <laughs> I was like, skirch. We're going to have to rewind that tape for a second. Like, I'm sorry. What the actual fuck? How did there was zero questions from the producers, no follow-up, no clarifying anything. He just admitted to smuggling humans. Like, okay, but was it to bring them here for a better life, a better life through the Texas border or were you smuggling them for a horrific future here? Were they on their way to Epstein's private New York penthouse? You know, like what, what do you mean, sir? So we still got questions about that. But moving on to the Real Housewives of Orange County, Heather Debro, they are shopping for Montana, trying on hats. <laughs> They're talking about feeling self-conscious and the new housewife, Jen, she asked Heather, is it hard being married to a plastic surgeon? <laughs> and Heather goes, no, he's blind. He thinks I'm perfect. <laughs> you guys, this made me laugh so hard because if Terry Dubrow is your doctor, please make sure his glasses are on and secure before beginning any procedure. Like, what the fuck? I just love it. Like, if I was his patient and... For all of all things, plastic surgery, which is supposed to make you look your best, if anything, if I heard her say that my doctor was blind as a bat, I'd be like, ha, 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 um, maybe I should make an appointment elsewhere. 
and do it now because you know it takes three and a half years for the fucking doctor to see you nowadays. So then in RHOC, when they are in Montana, my beloved Montana, there's a scene after a commercial break that opens. Oh my God, this was awful, you guys. It opens by showing these adorable cows on the ranch that they're at, just grazing in the fields. It even does a close-up of one cutie little munchkin. He's munching away as Heather's voice starts saying, hey guys, I think dinner's ready. Oh my God. It cuts straight from this live, adorable cow eating his dinner to a giant slab of cooked steak being carved up. Like, it was the most disturbing editing... The most disturbing editing thing I've ever seen. Like I could not pay attention after that because I was just so troubled at like the live cow imagery straight to the cook steak to I was just like that ranch is one giant death bill. Speaking of, you see so much taxidermy in this episode. Okay, it cuts to one snow leopard when they're in the saloon. And this <laughs> this was hilarious. It reminded me of the time I worked in Montana at the private club. <laughs> And again, these were like millionaires, like they just would get drunk and have the best time in this private club. It was amazing. And for them. And so for one boy ski trip, (laughs) when we went into the house the next day, oh my gosh, you guys, there was a giant taxidermy snow leopard that the house, it was in the house and it It had a pair of fucking handcuffs to one of its paws and then the other handcuff was just open and we later found out (laughs) that when one of the guys, he got too drunk and passed out and so they handcuffed the the taxidermied snow leopard to it. (laughs) So he woke up attached a handcuff to a leopard. Oh my God, that poor leopard did not deserve such treatment. Let me just say that straight up, PETA. I get it, but you can't say that's not. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, the things that I have seen in real life will always be crazier than anything I see on TV. Except for the fucking show and just like that. The Sex and the City spinoff, whatever, recreation, whatever you want to call it. Super quick, because I don't have many nice things to say about it, especially because I fast forward over more scenes than I ever have in my life. And this is not a spoiler, I promise. So you know how it always starts and ends with Carrie Bradshaw doing a voiceover? Like, and sometimes in New York, we all feel like leaves falling from the tree, but just know change is around the corner. Some dumb shit. So in the newest episode, it ended on her saying, no. You got, no, no. Oh my God, talk about cringe. She says, and just like that, I got COVID. I I got COVID, I can't. That's just like a snippet of the amazing dialogue that goes on in that show. I'm telling you though, it's just getting weird at this point. Like the scenes of Carrie's voice recording her book, no thanks. Charlotte's kids with the school MILF list and all the moms thinking the kid who made it is hot when he's 17. No, so fucking creepy. Like I fast forwarded once I heard them say the word MILF more than once. Once is too many. 
Now, moving on to something that makes me happy. The Thursday, June 29th episode of Jeff Lewis Live. We had Monica Casey. We had Zach Noe Towers. And we had Shane Douglas. So Monica Casey has a podcast with Tom Arnold, which is so crazy. Talking about documentaries. I randomly put on the Queen of Meth. And all of a sudden, five minutes into it, who pops up on my screen but Tom fucking Arnold? Tom fucking, it's about his sister, Lori. And one of the most shocking things to me about that documentary is what young Tom Arnold looks like. Oh my God. Even when I say young, I don't mean as a child. I mean, even him just dating Roseanne Barr. Like, I would not pick him out of a lineup and say that's Tom Arnold. Because I only, I only know him in today's world so also I know that his sister sold meth and it had a you know of course a devastating effect on many people her community and her herself but she was saying that she'll always just be remembered as the queen of meth and if you watch the whole thing like to me she is the queen of queens because anyone who is willing to own up to their mistakes and do better in the world they deserve a bit of grace y'all okay and especially because she was married off Guess how old you guys? Just guess. Yes, you in the back are correct. She was summoned to get married at the age of 14 to like a 23-year-old or something. Come on, man. It's so gross. Like she had some awful experiences. And I just want to say that I love her. Now, speaking of awful experiences, Jeff Sprayed. <laughs> Jeff Spraytan went awry. That is the understatement of the year. You guys, I saw on Insta and screamed so loud. I am shocked my neighbors didn't check on me. Actually, no, I'm not because we are not those kind of neighbors. We don't do that shit. We let you scream it out and hope that you'll stop and everything's just fine. But Jeff tried to make it sound like Shane is almost as bad as him. No, no, no. At least in that picture, it's not even close. Like, Shane looks normal. And like Jeff said, he looks like he's in blackface. <laughs> Again, I brought this reference up the last time Jeff took his tan too far. But it's like that episode of Friends where Ross is trying to get an even spray tan, but keeps getting the same side of his body. And I'm convinced that it was a way for producers to do blackface. He literally looked darker than Jeff. And Jeff, Jeff, Jeff looks like Zoila's son. So, but for speaking of Zoila, you guys, okay, the spray tan that Jeff and Shane got, they had to leave it on too long because they got news that Zoila was in a car accident. Oh my, so of course they're not going to wipe it off before they go to rescue her. Love those priorities because honestly, I, <laughs> I could have seen it being reversed. Um, maybe it should have been reversed. I feel like Zoila would have rather you guys washed it. <laughs> cleaned yourself up before <laughs> scaring everybody on the scene even more. Um, but Doug got to the accident scene first. What a gentleman. We love you, Doug. Um, Zoila is going to have to get a new car though. Shane doesn't even know she wants to keep driving. I don't know if any of us should still be driving at this point. Honestly, have you seen yourselves on the road lately? And I, by our yourselves, I mean ourselves. And I don't mean us. I Just all humans in general. Obviously, Splash Assassors are different. But I feel like we're just in a, like, all for one and one for one kind of world these days. 
but I totally smell a lawsuit with Lyft. You got to sue. You got to get something out of this. My mom in the reverse way, my mom tapped an Uber driver, like tapped him. He got, I think, over $10,000 from her and our insurance because he claimed neck problems, rehab, this, that. He had to get his entire house remodeled because he needed something pretty to sit in while he recovered from the horrible tap. So, yeah. Actually, let's just let's just drop all the lawsuits for now. Enough, enough. Um, as for the Paris trip, which... I love that Zach asked about it because uh, for the millionth time, what the fuck? Like, we, why haven't we talked about this? Jeff was like, oh, yeah, it was great. That's it. That's all. That's all we learned. So Jeff takes a European vacation and all we get is great. What the fuck? This is why I take issue with such thing. You know, you know that the second Jameson gets back, he will get a full grilling on his trip. Jeff grills everyone about everything. And I know he worked a little in Paris, but it was vacation too, and he never takes vacay. And now he won't even tell us one fucking droplet? Lame. Like, I feel like, fine, you can do that, but then don't ask Jameson one single thing about it. But I'm sure Jameson wants to tell us about his trip, just like you should want to tell us what the fuck happened in Paris. (sighs) Well, we at least know what's going on at Schwartz and Sandy's because the Bravo Liberties stormed the gates last night. Can we talk? I hope they took a picture. Like, that is iconic to have Jeff Lewis and Leah Black and all the other, every, all the other chumps. Everyone's just as important. But they went to dinner for Julie's birthday. Woo! Happy birthday, Julie. So there were small martinis that cost lots of money. Again, lame. But kind of to be expected with those owners and Sandoval's greedy little dick. Um, But so they got lobster corn dogs for the table. <laughs> you guys, you guys, I'm not trying to knock shit, okay? Corn dogs, delicious. Lobster, delicious. Lobster corn dogs, absolutely should never be a thing. As a New England girl, lobster should not need a corn dog ever. Lobster is magic on its own. Why the, I don't even need butter. I don't even need your butter, all right? Like, why the fuck are you deep frying bread and corn? Corn? No. I'd, if anything, have lobster with a side of cornbread. Perfect, perfect. But keep the lobster pure, okay? Keep lobster pure. That's my PSA for the day. So Jeff's problem with going out... My problem was the corn dogs. His was the tables because they were square tables, not round. And they tried to have one big conversation, but it always branches off in any situation. And I agree. I prefer everyone being involved together, but also there is nothing worse than when you get stuck at like a square table and you're around the lame people, which I know is none of the chumps, of course. But I'm just saying, at a big dinner with a square table, if you're next to square, if you're sitting next to squares at the square, it is the worst ever because you get a panoramic view of everybody else at your table laughing, eating, talking, having the best time. And you're like, I wish I could hang out with them. And you're like, oh, wait, I am supposed to be hanging out with them. But I'm 20 feet away over yonder sitting next to Ron who won't stop wiping the salt off his chips. Like, I don't know, you know, so... 
Anyways, on to the firework extravaganza. Jeff wants to make sure that Todd checked in with Carrie Lewis because sometimes she can cock block them from having degenerate dangerous fun. So thank you, Carrie, for that. For real. We, we all thank you, Carrie, for keeping your community safe. So Jeff doesn't want Carrie to put the kibosh on the fireworks and them already spend so much money on it. So he's going to try to bribe Carrie, maybe. Maybe. I, I would say yes. Do, do bribes not work for everybody? I like how we pretend that it's bad to for bri- like bribery is bad when I feel like humans respond most to bribery so like why is it bad if we all enjoy (laughs) okay so um they're gonna bribe carrie with caviar and wine i just want to say it sounds like you might want to bribe the entire neighborhood with caviar and wine like it's not just carrie you got to worry about the cops are not sitting in some parking lot like oh there goes a firework let's go get those scoundrels mikey like You know, they're allegedly doing more important shit. So the only way that Jeff and Todd will get in trouble is if the neighbors, or Carrie, (laughs) call the cops on them. So if you're going to bribe Carrie, bribe the entire neighborhood. Now, they talked about mermaid costumes for something. Kind of, I kind of missed that. But I did perk up because... Jeff was talking about seeing Zach in a picture in a fairy costume with glitter. And Jeff was not having it. He was not into this look. And Monica, (laughs) oh, Monica, we love you. She goes, I bet a lot of people aren't into the elf on a shelf look either. Which, (laughs) you guys, if you do not remember, oh my God, that was such an important reference because we can never forget the Halloween disaster of 2020. When Jeff got dressed up like an elf on a shelf and the face makeup of like you, it's he, he should be a character in the next horror film. Like it is one of the scariest things I've ever seen. And the fact that Monica whipped that out, like Jeff dressed as elf on a shelf is one of my top 10 favorite things in the entire world. Like if you <laughs> and it's the best to watch the episode because Jeff still tries to act like Jeff. And it's like, sir, you can't, you can't look like that and be yourself. Like, it was all so wrong that I, it made it so right for me. I loved everything about it. So thank you, Monica, for that giggle. And also, we really do need a Halloween now, like we referenced yesterday from Chaz Dean, because we need a Halloween redo for Jeff, for his blackface, for his elf on the shelf. You know what? Maybe he should sit this Halloween out, okay? But Zach, when they were talking about the fairy costume, he got jokingly non-jokingly defensive i was like oh shit zach was like oh jeff is your toxic masculinity threatened and i was like oh my i feel tension and it was not sexual like i kind of wanted them to throw down i don't know why i don't know maybe i have some rage issues to deal with and somebody in zach's life has daddy issues apparently because You guys, during sex, my worst nightmare happened. Zach got called daddy during a sexual encounter. 
what? All right. It's not my worst nightmare to get called daddy. <laughs> it's my worst nightmare for a guy that I fall in love with to want to be called daddy. Cause like, I think that has to be the end of the road. It's just so creepy to me. Okay. So you know how there's like the mommy puppy, like a hey, mommy, a hey, puppy, that thing. I, all right. That's one thing. Because for that, it's back and forth. It's Poppy and mommy, you know, like, hey, mommy, hey, Poppy. Okay, the calling a guy daddy. Here's my question. Has any girl ever been called mommy? You know, like, why would a guy want to be called daddy and a girl not be called mommy? You know, like, it just leads to some weird fucking shit to me. Like, I am just, because I don't get why calling guys daddy is a thing and why calling girls mommy isn't so me I don't know I've never been called mommy but but okay girls out there if you've ever been called mommy during a sexual experience can you please let us know wait first of all I'm so sorry I'm so sorry that happened <laughs> unless you're into it again I guess no kink shaming but whatever I can have an opinion it's fucking weird if that's true so please let me know so they were talking about summer camp at Megan Weaver's house. You guys, I love it. When is registration? Sign me up. They're like, uh, it's full, bitch. It's fucking full. Uh, chance. Okay, so I think all adults should do summer camp. I was just thinking that the other day. Like, I used to love that Bravo summer camp show. It only lasted one season. But just to know that adults still have some fucking fun. It was amazing to see. Like, why do we always stop things as a kid? We do so many activities as kids, even sports, this, art class, this, that. And then as adults, it's like almost weird to do that. Like, or it's like so taboo. Like, what? You're taking an art class? Oh, do you think you're going to be a painter now? No, I just want to fucking do something on a Tuesday night besides watch my 20 millionth documentary of the day. Okay. So, but it's just like camp. Camp was so fun. Why wouldn't you want to spend your day? I want to do archery every day. I want to get up, go for a swim, sing a little song by the campfire. <laughs> oh my God. I went to sleepaway camp once. I told you this because my counselor died a few months after camp, but that's a different story. Um, another counselor, I pushed in the water because we were all like, they were pretending to push us in. So I just came out of nowhere and barreled into them <laughs> and hip checked them into the water. <laughs> And I got called into the camp print, like the principal's office of camp. And they were like, we are going to have to tell your parents about this. And I was like, what the fuck? Like they were joking about pushing us in. What? What? Like just because I successfully executed the mission. Don't take it out on me. Okay. And if you want to be successful in a mission, I have the best one for you. If you can just tell some fucking people about Splash of Sass. You guys just know I love you so much. We will be back tomorrow with more Jeff Lewis live recaps. In the meantime, follow on Insta, Splash of Sass, review, subscribe, all that shit. I love you so much. Bye. Splash, 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 splash of sass.